The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. I love show that music keep going. Check it, check it, check it. I know, right? All right, welcome to the True Wealth Show. All right, it is your favorite Tuesday you've had all week, and it is the best show you've been listening to at least since you got here. And it's not a Sunday. No, no. Which is even better. Oh, it's better. Like, I was, in fact, today, I'm pretty sure the luck streak has changed. Right? I hope. Uh, so the, the story is, uh, by the way, True Well Show. I'm your host, David Littlejohn, in studio. Katie Sheck. Okay, and it's just us today. We don't have any uh, other guests, but you're welcome to try to call into the show. I always think it's fun if you want to throw <laughs> that one If you get off. through, it, it we'll just give you a prize because you uh, deserve one at that point. Uh, what, what is it? 673-4464? Yeah, I think that's the one, right? It's a so, miracle that I pulled that because... I don't think I really yeah, have six seven three four four six four. If you want to get on the show, and we can talk live today. Uh, today, I, I'm just I I kind of I'm feeling lucky, right? And you said I'm, that I'm, yesterday. I'll, well, so let me tell you the story. It went something like this. I had just so there have been things have been high, things have been low, and, and you know so that, that's just normal life. That's just normal life. But you know, so I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, all right, well, I just uh, I've been at a real high and then kind of hit a real low, and now I just want to. Uh, swing back up. And I don't actually mind highs and lows. Let me be very clear on the radio show about this, okay? I appreciate the lows because they make me appreciate the highs. Right. Right? So if everything was just always good, then you kind of lack perspective. So the lows remind me about what to be grateful for, and then the highs remind me about what to strive for. So those are kind of fun perspectives to maintain, and it helps you realize, look, you know, these things shall pass. But and Monday. One, of, one of my favorite expressions is like, it's okay to, and you're saying lows, it's okay to have a low, just don't live there, right? Don't right. stay there forever. Like, well, acknowledge the- it, kind of move on. And then you have another expression that I really like. It's okay to fail, but fail forward. Learn from the, learn from the mistake, figure out how you can change it, do better next time. Yeah, I mean, it's like, some, what, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Right, I mean that's another. Oh, favorite that's a of mine. good one. I like that so, one. I don't think I've ever heard you say that one. Yeah, and that it's well, there you go. Because sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, and those learning. So it's all in how you frame failure. Failure is uh, kind of a toxic word the way we describe it. I look at it as uh, the Thomas Edison approach. Was okay. Well, there's another way that doesn't work. I'm that much closer to what will. Right. So sometimes you test, and then you that test gives you a, you know new knowledge to try something new. Right. So. I'm going to tell you this fun story. Uh, that's it was genuinely an accident. This is where you get. Have you ever been caught and you did something wrong trying to do something right? I bet I have, but I, nothing it, comes to mind me, at the moment because it's the, kind of a vague description. Let me give you the example. So uh, I have dropped off my youngest. Oh, at, oh, I know what story this is. Uh, I've dropped her off at uh, her little school. And I'm headed to the office, and I'm at an intersection, and the light. Uh, so I'm I'm feeding onto a road at an intersection from a parking lot, and somebody has stopped to very politely let me into the flow of traffic. And so I do. Uh, they let me in, and as soon as I get in, the light turns yellow, and I'm right there at the intersection. And I think, 
you know, they were just polite enough to let me in. I really shouldn't pin them in because they were making a right turn, which they could do on red, and I was going straight through. And so it was yellow, and I just kind of went into the intersection because I was like, I can't pin them back there. And, you know, it's yellow. I should be able to make it. I did not make it. Like, the light turned red, and I was in the intersection. And so this is But the... it's not like it turned red before you entered the intersection. Correct. I it was entering the intersection, but it was red while I was in So it was really, like, hot pink? It was very, very pink, very pink. <laughs> very pink. Uh, so here's where it gets really. So, I, you know, I was trying to return the the courtesy of like, well, let me get through so I'm not in your way. You were polite enough to let me in. And so everybody was trying to do their part. And I'm really grateful there's a little bit of a timing delay between when the one light changes and the other starts because uh, yeah, I'm in the middle accidents. of the intersection. And the intersection is not one that people usually blow through or anything. But nevertheless, I'm painting a, a real situation here. And I was, <laughs> I went past and in the lane that I, I mean, I drove right past him in the other lane, watched me do it, state trooper. By the way, for whatever state troopers listening to this, if you are, thank you for the grace. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I'm at. like, thank you for the grace, because literally 200 yards later, I pulled into the parking lot and went to work. And I described this as it was not really a massive safety issue or anything. But if you wanted to get letter of the law, it's like, oh, dude. But I wasn't trying to break the rules, and it wasn't with ill intent. It was like, well, I'm trying to do the courteous thing for other motorists. Everybody do their part. You know, don't cruise in the left lane. That kind of. If you're cruising the left lane right now, get over. Sorry, that's just say like if you're listening, no left lane cruiser. Somebody <laughs> behind you. Okay, that's just manners. All right, that's public service yeah, announcement. Pull over. Do not cruise in the left lane. All right, there. <laughs> you've been warned. All right, now you're that guy or gal if you're doing it. So true. True. I couldn't help but think, okay, lucky day. And then there's been just sort of a string of other things that have been wins. And now I'm like, what do I go play the lottery? I know. David's like, I'm going to go play. You never went and bought a ticket yesterday. I think you just say those things to say those things, but you don't actually play. It's not to be played for investment purposes. Well, duh, but that doesn't mean that you still don't go buy a ticket once in a while. Here's the thing. I mean, do you ever just pull some money out of your wallet and light it on fire? I don't ever have one money in my wallet. I have okay, kids. well, okay. So, I mean, because me neither, right? Is the answer. No, I have. So, I have a plastic case on my phone that can, I flip off at night to put it on the charger. But, anyways, I always keep like a couple bucks stashed in there. I call it like my emergency money, but I forget it's there most days. So, it's it's just like, oh crap, I have that couple dollars. But I try, like, that's like gold to me. That yeah. because I never have money. Like I swear, my kids like sniff it out like ferrets. Oh, I need a dollar for donuts. I need a dollar for this. I need a dollar for something. And I'm, and it's it just like butterflies. It goes away. Poof, just gone. So there you I, go. Tr- I try not to have money on me for that reason. Because then I can say yeah. no. So now I have to you know make this. Some of it I feel like is a morality statement too. Where like you're a financial professional. The odds are effectively zero. Why if you're talking statistics all day long when you know the statistics are round to zero like your probability of winning is effective zero and somebody out there's well somebody wins it's like that's true and this is where i'm kind of going i just feel crazy lucky i almost feel like i have to play now just to validate the concept and come back and go well wasn't that lucky yeah just a dollar yeah. quick pick yeah because otherwise i come back and the the ridiculous thing is when i come back and win everybody goes my gosh you freaking forecasted it how does that happen i'm like oh okay. please damned if you do and you're damned if you don't right? right it's like so we talk about this too right and it's it's 
it, you got to be really careful about like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that respect, right? Like you go and you play and you win and you're like, see, I knew I was feeling lucky. And if you don't win, you're like, see, I knew I wouldn't win. Like, okay, but how are you right both ways? Like you can't, are you not, are Look, you ever head, wrong about head, that heads one? Heads I win, tails you lose. <laughs> okay, this is a really good game and that's how we're going to play it. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, the, 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 yeah, I'm just telling you the statistics don't lie and you have a statistically, so the probability of you being a winner are so low as to be comical. And yet somebody does win. Uh, but at the same time, people win bad stuff all the time, too. It's like, you True. know, hey, you got a one in a billion shot at getting struck by lightning. And you're like, that dude just got struck by lightning. Twice. Like, wow. How did <laughs> you pull that one off? Yeah. So you get it. So uh, why are we talking about luck today? Why are we well, focused on luck? So, I, you know, I will tell you why. There are a couple things. There are two. And it's, it is market relative. Right. This is a show about how you how you deal with your money, how you think about it and so forth. And so I, I want to make it relevant to the topic of true wealth today. OK. But today we're going to focus a little bit more on true wealth. Uh, true wealth we talk about. right? You know, money is how you trade your time. But true wealth is the moments that you create with the people you love. Exactly. And so it's it's those relationships. It's the memories. Money uh, can help that. By yes, the way, it can. I'm not saying money is doesn't have a. It doesn't role. buy happiness, but it can help buy stuff that makes you happy yeah, sometimes. <laughs> somebody I heard a comedian once, but it can buy a wave runner, and I've never <laughs> seen somebody that's got a frown on a wave runner. So, uh, excellent, well put, well put, comedian. <laughs> and so I'm like, mm. that got a point. Uh, so. You get it, though. I mean, the, the game of more is not a game you can win. And many people get into this financial game like it's keeping score as if it somehow is a measure of their value or importance. It is not. Okay, It is a resource. It is uh, something that you can exchange your time for and it, it, it will store value. But of the two, what do you think is more valuable, time or money? Oh, time. Agreed. It goes by, and the older, and people will say, the older you get, the faster it goes by. I'm starting to feel yeah. that way. And you can't make more time. Right. Right. But you can, through either fortune or quality decisions, make more money. True. Like it, that's a recoverable thing. That's the other thing. So we talk on this show about changing your relationship with money. But today we're not just going to talk about money. And, and here's why. There are two things. One of them is the coronavirus. Oh, you totally sideswiped me with that one. That was not what I was expecting I, to have I come know. out of your mouth. Okay. The I corona. Know. Why so are we talking about there, the coronavirus? There's, there's two, so the coronavirus, because... Well, first of all, uh, coronavirus right now is a scary event that we don't know much about. Okay. It's, it's a lot of people haven't paid attention to it, but the stock market is. Okay. I haven't paid attention to it. What is it exactly? Okay. So the coronavirus is currently an, a virus that's uh, broken out in China. And oh. it, it essentially, as I understand it, causes you to get pneumonia and people are dying from it. Oh. Yeah. It's like a. It's a death virus, so it's it's pretty serious. She coughs. As I'm coughing, I'm dying of corona. There have been a handful, like five cases in the United States, and everything's been quarantined. But here's the part that is suspicious, and I want to be very clear with all of you listening out there. I am not trying to incite panic or concern. This is me raising an eyebrow. Think of this more like Spock saying, "Curious. I need more information." And you know what China's really bad about providing? Information? Yeah, information. What China does is, because this is a state-controlled uh, media environment, 
Right. Right. And and this is a communist regime. So it, the state controls so they, the narrative. Yeah, they control the information that goes so out to the public. They and they have said, oh, under control, not a big deal. A handful of deaths. You know. <laughs> Why is it anytime a government agency says, oh, we got it under control? I kind of don't feel like it's ever under control. Right. Well, here's the part that's suspicious to me. Why is it that the United States government felt that it was important to evacuate the entire U.S. embassy? Like, abandon it. Yeah, that... that. I don't know if there's any security personnel left, but essentially they said everybody in the embassy... There's yeah. like eight everybody nine, in the boat, out. I, I think it was like 800 <laughs> people, but don't, don't call me on that one. But it was like... A lot to, of people. You, you got to go. More than 10. Yes, and it was time to go. And they just got them out of the embassy and out of the country. So And now, so what What you're telling me is China as a country says, we got this, no big deal. But the United States government says, everybody out of the boat. Yeah. And I always like the actions speak louder than words, right? Like, yeah, you that, can be telling me one thing, issue. but like, you're, yeah, your actions don't match the words that are coming out of the mouth. So right. there's a disconnect there. Now, before we all start thinking in pandemonium speak here, yeah, we're not doing that. Okay, let's let me remind you that compared to previous outbreaks of virtually anything, first of all, this is not like a flesh-eating virus. Okay, I this mean is pneumonia. Not, pneumonia is treatable, and yeah, it's it's not Ebola, right? And so it's not a guaranteed death sentence if you get it. At least not that oh, I understand. Oh, we have like it. bird flu and that's mosquitoes, that's something, and the Zika, and then I mean, come on, I feel like every year there's like, what's the virus of the of the season? Well, and I am not going to diminish the fact that there are real effects that this virus can cause, and they can be severe and result ultimately in death. What I am going to tell you is we live in a medical era where we have way better treatment options than we did 100 years ago. So comparing this to the influenza outbreak of 1919 or whatever it was, not the same. Right. Okay, so we just have different resources to manage. But what I am saying is... I am suspicious about the information that we're receiving. I think it may be worse than is being let on. I actually, when you think about how many people live in the U.S. and how many people travel to foreign countries and back, right, and are coming in from foreign countries, five people is nothing. I mean, that's like a rounding error. I mean, it's... I think it's the... But those are the ones that we've clearly known, and then they're exhibiting the symptoms. So the question is always, are you a carrier and transmitter prior to exhibiting symptoms and if so who else got the handoff got it i know there's a lot of movies out there about like patient zero and you know yeah, and, I, again, and all the other fun not stuff trying to panic everybody but i am saying you know there's use there's hand sanitizer here. don't share and wash your hands often like let's just well, let's do a little psa like just be careful good western hygiene habits are exactly that so keep that in mind is that we would like to have good hygiene habits to prevent the spread. And that's not just for a Chinese viral strain. That's no, that's to keep the, the snotty kids in my home from getting sick again. Because let me tell you, every parent that's ever been out there that has had a kid come home from school knows. Like at some yeah. point, the flu goes around the classroom, your kids come home and they're not feeling good. And then two weeks later or less, right, all of a sudden mom and dad are sick and it's miserable. So Wash yeah. your hands. Use lots of soap. There you don't go. share. There's your true wealth <laughs> advice of the day. You know, wash your hands and don't cruise in the left lane. So there is something else on my mind for the show. Now, how is this relevant to the markets and how is it relevant to what else we want to talk about? it's relevant to the news. But not just that. So it's relevant to your money. 
but we're running a little long on the segment. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to grab a break here, stick around, survive these ads that are coming up, patronize their companies, all that stuff, and then be right back because we're going to talk more about what does this mean for you and your money. We'll be that and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Little John in studio with my sidekick and <laughs> co hostess. Aw, Katie Shuck. I, I like being your sidekick. So, a very funny thing that I've always told David, because very early on when I was working for you, everybody said, Oh, are you going to go out on your own, open your own firm? I said, Heck no. I like him being number one. I'm a happy number two. I will tag my wagon to him and go all day long. Like it's, <laughs> I will watch him soar to the, cloud, to the clouds and I will just be happy as a clam going with him. <laughs> I like it. And, and I, I, I told to, you that, too. I'm a happy true, number you did. two. <laughs> you have said I'm not even I won't even get in trouble for saying this on air to you said you love being the roadie. I totally am good with that. Right. I'm like, Dave, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm using like more of a music concert thing, but I'm like, David's the performer. I'm the roadie. I make him look good. He goes up and does his thing. I do my thing. Everybody has a great time and has a good experience. Yeah, and see, that's you know what I laugh about is like. You'd be the one that during the mic check secretly broke out the acoustical <laughs> guitar and like sang a little jam for a handful of people. And you're like, well, I kind of like that, you know, because Katie is really cute about this. Don't be fooled. She totally loves attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, no, I do. She when she gets a chance on like the her her other weekend and evening gig working with uh, her mother, they've got this art gig going on. And so she's teaching art classes and she's in the front of a studio telling everybody how to paint. And I've watched this happen and like. You're totally in your element for that. Oh yeah, I I love having an audience. I I totally yes, do. Yes, you I'm, do. I'm, yeah, but <laughs> I, but I like I think I would have a hard time feeling the pressure of being a performer. Like I kind of like being like the spontaneous guy that like nobody has expectations about, and they're like, oh, that person was really cool, versus the like. I've set the expectation really high for you, and now you got to perform at that level. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. just a lot of pressure. And I've never thought of it as performing. But right. I know what you're saying, right? You know, just so all of our listeners are like, guess what? It's not an act. I mean, this is this is who we are. Yeah, this when, is when how you, we are you, in real life. If you came to our office, you'd go like, wow, you're kind of like you're on the radio, uh, unless the topic requires more sobriety, if you will. Sobriety. Ooh, that was a yeah. word. I was yeah, seriousness. But it's we're real people, right? We have real lives. We have children. Sure, it's messy. You know, our cal- so is our calendar. Our calendar's a mess. Everybody well, always my tease. It's like somebody spilled skittles all over the calendar. I know, and There's I use that everywhere. all the time. And people go, "No," and I show them my calendar, and they just like it and go, "Oh." Yeah. Okay, never mind. I don't want to be you. <laughs> yeah, we, we, there's moving parts. So, uh, so what has happened recently that is okay. taking you in this direction? Yeah, and, and so. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back the last segment and remember podcast. You want to get filled on this stuff? You can check out the podcast. It's on iTunes and everything. But mostly, just go to our webpage and you can find it there. And then you can subscribe to the service to find it. So if you go to littlejohnfs.com under the educate 
tab because we have three main categories. There's educate, there's plan, and there's invest, right? And so, we do it in that order. Yeah, and if you want to learn, you know, you're listening to the show, you can listen to past shows. We've got them all archived. And we, we try to keep that uh, fresh with information about what's going on. The plan side is is a different set because that's your there's tools involved there and now you're talking about hey I want to go somewhere with my finances right I want to be able to retire someday I want to put kids through school I want to have a second home I want to just figure out how to stop living paycheck to paycheck right yeah so I need structure in my life and I need to give my money a job and I need to be its boss okay yeah we help there and in the investment side of it is what most people think of with their financial people right, right. hey uh we go to you to help invest said so, yes that is a component of what we do a big component of what we do but all three of those walk hand in hand you have to i mean if you don't know where you're going then how do you know what you're saving for yes so or how much to save so Again, thinking about the concept, that's where you find the podcast and you listen to the podcast because we were talking a little bit about the coronavirus. And it is relevant because if this ends up being a much broader spreading disease than is anticipated, there can be an effect on global growth. I mean, China's a major world trade partner. Right. And it's going to hit them the hardest, but it's likely to spread to other areas because this stuff is tough to contain. And the first world countries will do a better job because their communication infrastructure is better and their medical as their medical are infrastructure is better. So, you know, we assuming that we keep a, a relative handle on this so far, it doesn't look like it's going to have a material impact on the stock market. Yeah, if it really became a pandemic and got really broad spread, then it would have an impact on productivity. And, and then we can talk. But honestly, it's just way too early, and you're just guessing if you think that's going to happen. Like, you're just afraid. Have you had people ask about that one? Yeah, I have. Oh, okay, that's why you're bringing it up. Because I yeah. was like, I haven't heard anything about the coronavirus, so this was kind of all new to me. Yeah. It is really the topic du jour on financial media right now. Now, I have a kind of a naughty nickname for financial media sometimes. Uh, I have referred to it before as financial pornography. <laughs> and because it's, it's sort of a circus sometimes. Now, there is a mixture. There is... Uh, it's a probably a, a fairly inappropriate and graphic term because there is good financial news out there. But then sometimes it's like, well, you gotta what kind do we of add weed to the through story? the waste, though, to get there and it's figure out what nuggets are good. And also remember, all media. I mean, our show is really no different. There is a commercial side to this. We give a our 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 value proposition is really simple. I will give away financial information. And people, why would why would you give it away? You're you're giving away the knowledge. I will give it away. Okay. Why? Because because everybody's going. Why, David? Why are you giving it away? Because if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you're going to do it yourself anyway. If you're not a do-it-yourselfer, or if you, more importantly, have run out of bandwidth, you don't have the time in your life to dedicate to it. That is a good. Thing okay. to mention, that's, right? It's not that you can't do it yourself. It's that you don't right. have the freaking time to do it. That's and that's the key. Like I can't do everything in my life anymore. So I want to align with people that I like, that I trust, that I think are fairly priced. You know, I use my attorney as an example. Uh, I don't think my attorney is way smarter than me. I think my attorney is really smart. That's just good. But I think that my attorney has specialized knowledge, and I would rather tap into that, at, than try to recreate the wheel at a lot of time and effort. 
Well, it's and you don't know what you attorney. don't know. And by the way, rules and regulations and all sorts of stuff yeah, change. It, it changes constantly. Right? So, so I don't want to get into the business of being my own attorney and my own mechanic and my own everything all the time because I can't do it all. There's just not enough time in my life. So instead, I have to have a good trusting relationship and recognize that true enough, if I kept 100% of every penny I earned and didn't have to hire anybody else for anything, I might have more in my pocket, but I'm short-sighted because but you have more that, time with your family? Well, I lose the time with my family, the doing the things I want to, and sometimes I miss the power of leverage. What if I could use somebody else's talents more efficiently than I could do it, and by paying them, it frees me up to do something I am better at, which produces a greater outcome. There you go. Okay, and so this is the same reason why, why do we have a team at our office? Why don't I try to do everything? Because guess what? Can't. I used to. When I had seven clients and I was working at my <laughs> home office by myself, I wore every hat. Today, even that thought makes Katie giggle a little bit, thinking that I can do <laughs> half the stuff that she is doing. Because you wonder about my competence in the paperwork arena at times. <laughs> well, I will say that you you have probably forgotten more than I have learned, right? Like It's not that you can't do it or that you weren't able to do it. When you wear all the hats... You have to do all the jobs, but it doesn't mean that you do them all well. Paperwork is not your forte. It's not where you live. It's not your happy place. No, right? it's not my happy and, place. And that is true. It's not that you can't do it, right? It's not it's not that. It's not whether or not you can do it. It's whether or not you want to do it and whether right. or not you want to know. And by the way, I will tell you, since I've worked there in six years, the forms have changed five times. Oh, not less so, than. Not less than. Yeah. So Heck, it's, our internal forms have evolved that many times. Right. So it's like, again, keeping up with regulation is something that's really important. But I still want to get to the meat and potatoes. We've been talking about Kobe Bryant well, this whole couple to. days. Well, we're going all day we have. And, you know, that one, I'm not going to make a judgment on Kobe's character or anything like that because – I think that we all are a mixed bag. If you had all of your skeletons pulled out in front of you, like, I mean, how many of us would really be willing to run for political office if your dark secrets you knew would be discovered? How many of us would have more than a grave and they would have a cemetery? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, so Kobe was not an angel, and I'm not trying to martyr him because of his untimely death, but it is a total wake-up call to the fragility of life. It's just a reminder and, you know, I'm not just talking about him. I'm talking about, I mean, there was a daughter. There was another a family, you know, there was a, a, a father and a and daughter and mother were on there with them. I mean, like, so there was a lot of people uh, that were in their prime and had their whole life to look forward to. And in an instant, it was over. I think sometimes, too, it's one thing when a celebrity is doing something stupid and you kind of go, haha, you we're doing something dumb but he wasn't doing anything dumb he yeah. was being i mean well i mean this is and i'm gonna uh, here's the thing i think this will ultimately come out that it's unlikely it was a mechanical failure it's possible but it's not likely it was probably poor decision on everybody's part for whomever decided it was okay to, to fly into conditions that were dangerous and there's an old expression in flying. So there's two kinds of pilots. There's old pilots and there's bold pilots. But there are no old, bold, bold pilots. pilots. Yeah. I, but my point being sad. is it wasn't like he was, you know, 
jumping off a 10-story building with nope. no parachute. Like, nope. he wasn't being... It wasn't a risk-taking behavior or anything like that. It was kind of the opposite. He, you know, he had enough money that he would, he would take a helicopter to make his life more efficient. Right, right? and we talk about, about solving things with a paycheck. Faster. He was just like, yep, I can get it done, and we can go here, and it just works. And So, tremendous loss, and it's just called a lot into question. And uh, if you've listened to this radio show for any amount of time. This is uniquely personal to me. Now I'm going to share just for a moment something uniquely personal. Okay. Uh, now, you know what? Let's let's do this. If we take the break now. You can get a really good I, story. I can get a really good story. All right? Okay. So I want to share something. Why does this matter so much to me? And why do I want it to matter for you? I'll share it when we come back. So stick around. Uh, for just a second, and then we'll get back into it. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, we'll be back. Welcome back to the True Well Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio. And with. Katie Shook. And we're having this uh, slightly uh, uh, sobering, more somber moment on our show. We've been talking a little bit about the coronavirus, and I promised at the break I was going to share a story about why I'm really passionate. Uh, because we also just had this tragic loss with uh, Kobe Bryant. Right. And, you know, the thing about Kobe was he had a really complex life. A lot of people don't know all the business dealings he had going on. Uh, he had everything from shoe contracts to real estate deals. He was a uh, partial owner in a hedge fund that managed over $2 billion. Ooh. So... He had his fingers in many pies and at the age of 41 was still going. Hey, he had an Oscar. Did you know that? No. Yeah. He, he what? Got, he got an Oscar for a, uh, they did a, sh a video short on a poem that he wrote called like to the game of basketball or something like that. I had, that Really? Did. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So huh. there was just, I mean, talk about a lot of elements going on in his life. And again, I'm not trying to martyr, martyr him. this guy. He's he a normal had, guy. He had well, I don't know about had, normal, but <laughs> well no, I mean he had some scandal in his life too and there was, you know, other charges that were not friendly. But I'm not we're not trying to disparage a memory nor am I trying to build this up. What I'm trying to do is say that uh, something really real happened. It's really personal to me. Uh, you know, my daughter is twelve years my oldest daughter is twelve years old. And her birthday's in October. And a month before her birthday, she would have been my mother's first granddaughter. Oh, I do and, know this story. And my mother was uh, killed in a car accident. And it was very sudden. And it was extraordinarily jarring because she was 
healthy and vibrant and uh, people knew her locally in this community. Uh, you know, I was not originally from here, but, uh, you know, my, my folks spent a lot of time in this community. It's part of the reason I now live in this community. I didn't start in Roseburg. Right. But, you know, I've immigrated here back in 2002, and I've been here since. Well, and your stepdad's been part of the business community right. in this area, too. So, yeah. And so, and all of a sudden, everything was different. And yeah, life was not the and, same from that and, moment on. And here's the thing that was tough. There were decisions. There was some estate planning in place but not enough. Well, people plan when they think it's near, but like when death is on their doorstep. But what happens when That's it's the not? issue is that this is a manner of, it's not any different than getting uh, like your, your basic financial stuff in order. Here's, uh, I remember I had uh, one of my buddy Derek on the show before he's an attorney and we've teased about what are reasons that you wouldn't do uh, like at least have a will in place. You're immortal. Well, yeah, you're immortal. Um, you hate your family. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you have none. You have nothing, right? If you have nothing but debt, then you don't worry. When you're gone, well, at least the the debt goes down with the ship for the most part, and you know you call it a day. But or you have no family. Like you're just single. Like you're not married. Yeah, you have no you, kids. If you have so you nobody. Don't... Then the then your stuff I mean, just this... goes into it. A sheets to the state, and they'll figure it out. But. A sheets, good word. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it, you know, what do you do? And I think that what folks miss, and I and I suspect that Kobe had some of his affairs in order, but nevertheless, there were many things where they thought, "I have time to get to it." Okay, because because even me as a financial professional have said at times, "Well, I need to get to that." In the whole stack of things, it is important. It's urgent, but I've misprioritized it as not urgent. Oh, we okay, talked about this. Like if it's this. if it's urgent but not important, right? or if, if it's... you draw the graph in your head and you have four squares, and and so on one side it's urgent and not urgent, and the other is important and not important. If it's not important but it feels urgent, you don't have to do it. It's not important. If it's not important, it's not urgent. I don't even know why you're talking about it. But if it's important and not urgent, then you need to figure out when to get to it so you don't put it off forever. If it's important and urgent, that's a fire. Go deal with it. Right. And fires usually get put out, but there are yeah. things. So estate planning is one of those things that I feel is very important, but doesn't feel urgent to a lot of yeah. people. And it really, if you have anything, especially if you have kids, it is urgent. And at a minimum, I'm going to tell you, you need a will in place and you want some basic instructions. If you're married and it's just, hey, my spouse gets everything, that's fine. Okay. But what happens if something happens to you and your spouse at the same time? And now all of a sudden, your kids, who's going to watch them? Who's I think step the best in? advice that Derek gave um, that I heard him once say is make a list as long as you can, right? Because who may be suitable today may not be suitable in two years or in a position to take them. Or Right. You can have a depth chart because the thing is somebody may say, I'm, I'm not capable. You say, well, you know, can you watch? You're in the will as the person that should, you know, take over the parental role. And they're like, I don't want that. They can't make it. You do it. Just yeah. because somebody writes it in the will doesn't make it compulsory. You have to accept. Right. Or, or the person has to accept. Right. You know? So, like, keep keep the list going. And and ha and I would say have those conversations. Like, I've actually said for a couple of my friends, you can put me as your backup. And yeah. because of my foster parenting and because of everything else, they said, actually, you would make a great backup. Yeah. So, like, there's plan B, right? <laughs> and then there's plan C and D and E and F and however many it takes. To get it done. Right. And just because that person may take your children does not mean they need to be financially responsible. There could actually be somebody in charge of the money. Yeah, they can be the 
And somebody um, in charge of the kids. Yeah, guardian but not custodian. Right. right. Because sometimes the people you love dearly who, you know, will feed your kids cake and take them to Disneyland are not the people you want handling their money. True. So, so there's that. So what I'm really getting at for everybody here is that we have this general discussion in the media right now about how life is fragile and yours is too. Yes, right. you that are listening right now, uh, regardless of your age, some of you are nodding right now and going, man, I'm glad somebody said it. Right. I mean, you're, you're listening and you're, you're going, in fact, there's somebody in my life I wish would listen to this right now because they won't hear it from me, but maybe they'll hear it from you. Well, and I think sometimes when it's when someone dies, that's in your peer group age wise. Right. So Kobe was how old? Forty. OK. And David, how old are you? <laughs> Forty three. OK. So when so you like, feel like they're your age, which you feel like I have a lot of life to live and something happens to them, that's a tragedy. You kind of gut check a little bit oh, and say, man. you know, that could have been me. Like This week has been rough. I had another. I was not close to this individual, but he was a peer. He's, he was close to a buddy of mine, 42 years old, had a stroke and died. Left a wife and kids behind, just, <sighs> just gone. And, you know, had behaviors that were high risk, but had never medically been identified as high risk. You know, undiagnosed high blood pressure and had been a smoker and some other things. And so, okay. 42, though? 42. See, so those are the things where you're just like, okay, that I think kind of puts some of those things you've been putting on the back burner. Now it kind of sets them on fire yeah. and goes, you know, we need to make sure people are taken care of. Like, I I think I preach more about life insurance now than I ever have in my life um, just because right, I, like, it scares me. Yeah. And it so scares me. I mean, who should thinking, buy life insurance, too? Right. What's who, that? Who should be buying life insurance? Anybody that somebody is relying on your income. Thank you. That's anybody. Because you know what life insurance is? It's really death insurance. It's yeah. It's replacement okay? it's, it's like, for your income. Oh, if you're dead and somebody's counting on you, like my wife counts on me to bring home bacon. Yeah. Okay? And my family counts on cool me to bring home bacon. Not, my wife brings home bacon too, and she's awesome. And honey, if you're listening, I love you. Okay. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. Right. But she counts. We're a team. She counts on me. If I'm not there, then that is a hardship. So. I am well insured. I'm probably worth more dead than alive and about to need to get even more for other reasons. Oh, no joke, right? So, By the way, that brings up a good point. You should be evaluating your plan B every couple years to make sure your plan B is good yeah, enough. So, because the life insurance policy you bought when you first got married when you had nothing is not probably good enough for the life insurance policy 10 years from now when you have stuff. And this is also why... We talk about there's this educate portion, right? Listen to the show as much as you want. The plan portion and the investment portion. I'm going to look and you're thinking this. these people are just out there trying to say, you know, come invest with us because. No. And no, I'm totally saying that. Just oh, so yeah. Well, like, you should, you invest, should with totally invest with us. We would we're love smart to have that and cool happen. And we would love to have you. Uh, you know, but, so if you're not getting you know. to it, like, you know, get a hired gun that you like and trust. Remember, <laughs> uh, that's got your back. But then the next thing is uh, the planning side of it. Okay, because for us, we view those as co equal components. They're both important. Now, uh, we have had people that only engage us to plan and not to invest. Like they're going to do their own investing, but what they want us to do is help sit down and sort of grade their homework. This is also a good idea. It's like getting a second opinion on yourself. Right. Okay. Because again, what I see often happen is people have well, relatively good ideas, but then they forget 
key legal elements or they didn't know something and then they go oh wait and you go we could have optimized real simple and i gotta tell you i have i have saved people more money than they will ever pay me <laughs> true true story for i've seen it happen for little for little details that they go oh dude and i gotta tell you we have probably if i added up the tax savings that i've had for some people based on like estate planning moves that they were gonna just muck up in the process for doing something wrong or uh, unintentional distributions from retirement plans and the kind of taxes. I mean, I'm probably saved as much in taxes maybe as we've earned. Right. Now, that that may be an outlandish statement. Nobody make me go audit that. I'm just saying we've saved a lot in taxes. Well, I'm trying to emphasize that. Here's right? the other thing, too. If you are making a decision out of fear, be very, very careful about that. And and I'll explain kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if you're older... No, and, I'm an, uh, ha. Ah, if they're making... Oh. So, I'll, yeah, I'm a totally... We got to take a last break. I'll so, bring you back, though. If you're making, if you're decision making decisions out, on of fear, fear, Katie will tell you after this break. Stick oh. around. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, welcome back to the True Well Show on this home stretch where, Katie, I am I really want to know where you're gonna go. <laughs> and we didn't we didn't prep for this one, by the way. I am not gonna try to steal the floor. I want to know when you started to say about making decisions with Out of around fear. fear. So yes. I think sometimes when we hear things like about Kobe Bryant and we look at it as a peer group and we go, oh no, I need to do my estate planning and I heard I should do this. So I'm going to distribute all my assets and give it away all now while I'm still alive so I don't have to worry about burdening anybody with it later. And I would say that is a common statement heard. Now, is it the most financially feasible way to do things? Funny phraseology. So I think a lot of times the fear drives our decisions And yet we don't take a step back and go, well, what does that mean for my family now versus what does that mean for my family if I'm gone? Or can I just put put something in place? Yeah, would you please? I want to use the word, is it the optimum decision? Ah, I like that. And why I use that term is because, look, there are a lot of things. You say this all the time, Katie. Oh, you can (laughs) do it. You can do it. Right. It's not always the best decision. (laughs) Yeah. But should you do it? And, And by the way, that's kind of. That's the gut check, right? So, like, if you're about to make a big financial planning decision, please have somebody double check your homework or someone who knows the rules and understands the laws and can say, you know, that's not really a good idea right now. Maybe you should do this or maybe you should wait and And kind of evaluate your plan. Now, it may be the right plan for you. Sure. Based on what's going on. It's not always a bad. I mean, there's not a one size fits all for financial planning, unfortunately. But there are things like there's a couple key points. I know we're kind of on our last segment. There's a couple key points that I want for our listeners to take away. One, if you have life insurance, evaluate your policy. Is it enough? 
Um, I have heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I have heard that you should have a policy that's 10 times what you bring home or yeah, 10 times your income. It's a good shorthand. I mean, that's a that's a real popular Dave Ramsey. Now, more is always great, right? Your family's not going to complain about more money. Yeah, but- I mean, it's, it's fine, although... Even then, there, so there's complexity to life insurance that, again, you don't know, you don't know. Right. For example, your life insurance death benefit, if you own the policy, is included in your estate value, even if somebody else is the beneficiary. Right. So when you die and the money is given to someone else, they still count it as yours for purposes of taxing your estate. So who's the owner? Who's the policy? Like, who's who the, the, poli- who's the policy owner and who's the beneficiary are different. And, and who the, who's the person being insured? Correct. Right, because they're not always they're, all the same person. Yeah, these are structure elements to life insurance, and so you want to pay attention to that. It may or may not be an issue depending on your total net worth and total policy value, but I will tell you as a general rule, if your net worth, if you add up all the stuff you own, plus the life insurance death benefit of a policy that you own on yourself, even if someone else is the beneficiary, and that number's bigger than a million dollars, you may want to see me after class. Right. Because okay. that can blow because, you up tax-wise. that could create a tax issue. And so you may want to, depending on marriage and other circumstances, that could create an estate tax liability. Now, you're you're saying, uh, who cares if I'm dead? Okay, but um, Your know, family cares and the, whatever the you, you leave in the mess to. They're going to care. They care. Okay, so life insurance, important. If you have retirement accounts or anything like that or any investments, check your beneficiaries. Who is getting your money? Yes. And are your beneficiaries up to date? Have you had any children lately? Right. Or have you gotten divorced or married lately? Right. <laughs> like those things need to happen, right? You always hear the story about, you know, so the we, ex-husband we who it, still has or the husband that has the ex-wife still on the policy and then something happens and the new wife doesn't get the money. And that will happen. It will go to the courts have upheld. It will go to who you wrote it to. Right. Uh, so they'll they'll hold of the contract language, not a marriage certificate. Right. So the and beneficiaries so we call are this important. A beneficiary audit. audit, right? Just double check, make sure everybody's right. there, make sure everything's and, up and to date. Guess what? You don't have to come to us if you're working with somebody else in town or whatever. Go to them, and, and you know if you've got a 401k and no advisor at all, go online and check if you haven't checked in a long time, and make sure it says what you want it to. So that's what those things are all about. Just do it. Okay. okay? Other basic things: a will or a trust. Right. Like now, if you don't know the difference between the two, that's okay. I'm not going to explain all of that. I am not an attorney. All I'm saying is somewhere there should be written instructions on what you want to happen to your stuff. Now, I believe and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it should be witnessed by two people and notarized for a will for a will. It should be witnessed by two people and notarized. I don't know if the notary is required, but you do need at least two witnesses. So I heard a story. Not bad. So. I heard a story where a guy mailed his will to him to prove that I don't know whatever. Well, it was never witnessed, so they didn't count yeah, it in a court of law. This is the issue, and that's that's true. And look again, it's we don't have time to delve into it. A will is something that you know. It's if written you die, instructions about your stuff. It's the it's instructions to the court to retitle your stuff because you're dead and you can't sign your name. Your oh, trust. You're still alive and you can sign your name. So you change everything to the name of your trust. And then when you die, somebody else takes over your role of being in charge of the trust. And the court doesn't have to appoint that. That's why they're different. So pre, one of them is with probate. One of them was without. But you can have a trust and still have probate. Right. So it's not necessarily a guarantee. Oh, I got a trust. I'm good. Are you? And if you have a will or trust, 
take a peek at it because if you wrote it more than five years ago, make sure all the stuff is still there and all the people are still there. Exactly. And so the bottom line is this. Don't neglect to have your affairs in order. It is a gift to the people you care about. Right. Right. And so that's what we're saying. And we just have had such a very real reminder recently that this stuff really does happen. And tomorrow is not guaranteed. And by right? the yeah, and so by the way, the present I say, is a gift. Take advantage. <laughs> I would also say leave a roadmap. Yeah, that's it. Let everybody know where the stuff is. So, you know, and, and if you want more information about this, we've got some great tools that we can help you with at the office, and we're happy to give them away to you. Just contact us at info at littlejohnfs.com, or they can call. 541-375-0898. All right, gang. Well, we're out of time for now. Thanks for tuning in. This has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.